Hey, everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Joining me for this post-game show live here at the PHLY studios, my boy, J.P. Zapata. J.P., not a fun one tonight. Uh, I can't wait to talk to Charlie about this one. Charlie yeah. O'Connor down at the Wells Fargo Center doing his capital J journalism duties. He will join us at some point this evening. But even when they've lost games for the most part this year, I've been able to pull out some positives or it was at least fun to watch or, you know, on uh, was it Wednesday against Buffalo? Like, yeah, they lost five, two, but they outshot them 40 to 15. Like they dominated the game. And mm-hmm. sometimes the other goalies just better than yours tonight. They gave us nothing. Yeah. It really, really just, this was unav- like before the third period, I was just like, this has been wildly uneventful. Just very little happened in the game tonight. It feels like despite there being what five goals. I'm very happy to be with you, Bill. I'm happy <laughs> hanging out with you tonight. I'm just disappointed with just the performance. And I don't think, especially going into a game with the LA Kings, and the Kings have been pretty solid this year, but I expected a little bit more. And I, watching the game for the, the, these entire three periods, just kind of felt like the Kings' talent uh, just was a little bit too much here on the night. And just throughout the different parts, especially on some of these power plays, the power plays for the Flyers, I should say. It, it was just rough, so just frustrating. Because, like you said, even in a loss, you could pick out some positives. We were talking right before going on the air, like, dude, what, what is there to even like, like? I don't even know what to actually like segmented like on the outline. Like, so what are we? I don't know. They just sucked. Like the Flyers no, just sucked up. tonight. And that's like that's and that's my question. One of my questions for Charlie is going to be. Did the Kings win or did the Flyers lose? Like, there was just, they've been so good with attention to detail at this point uh, in the season. Mm-hmm. They turned the puck over in front of their net a ton. Just seemed like there was miscommunication out there. They take five penalties. Like, four of them are, are on defensemen. There's a puck over the glass delay, a game penalty. There was just, uh, they missed the net, I don't know, rough estimate, 400 times tonight. Like, I just they just didn't look like a team that was ready to play. And I I don't know, maybe not didn't look ready to play, but they just did not have their a game. And I guess that's what we should. That's really what we need to expect out of this team. I guess is they've looked so good. So many times this year, whether it was in a win or even in defeat, uh, you know, like the Vegas game, the Carolina game, there've been times where it's, Oh yeah, they, they were fine. They lost, but like no complaints. When they don't bring that one, just they're absolutely going to outwork it. And two, they make mistakes, like stupid mental mistakes, like turning it over in front and puck over the glass penalties. This is what's going to happen against a team with more talent. We've seen them stay afloat against teams with more talent, but it's because they brought their A game. Tonight, they were underwater. Yeah, no, and I, I do. Th- I, I think I'm more on the lines that the Flyers shot themselves in the foot than the LA Kings did win. Like, look, the Kings have been good go- coming into this game, but you mentioned the pe- the penalties that they allowed. I think Igor Zamula had two, he, he had two penalties on his own yeah. tonight. Yeah, um, the shots on goal were pretty close, but at the end, I, the shots were not going in. The quality of shots were not that great. Cam Atkinson had I think he had like six shots on goal. He had like, a breakaway. He didn't score on. It was just a rough night. Just they they were not good. 
And when that happens and they're, they're grinding, they're working, but those shots are just not going in, you just know it's going to be a long night, especially against the Kings team. Look, they, they figured something out this year very well. And that's the Kings are the Kings are a very solid team. They have one of the better uh, shot differentials in the league. Yeah. They get about 33 a game. They only give up around 27. Uh, so it's, it's a low event hockey game. There's what? 54 total shots on net tonight and this is where when it's gonna be despite a five nothing score like the kings only had 30 shots yeah. it's not as if they're in the offensive zone the entire game but this is the type of game that i think really emphasizes two things that the flyers are missing one of them is fixable sean couturier mm -hmm. when i see like travis sanheim cam york noah cates owen tippett they were all at least minus three tonight. Mm -hmm. And then I see Quinton Byfield with three assists. I go, well, this was a matchup they exploited. If you have Sean Couturier, maybe it's different. Good point. And at the end of the day, like, okay, so they lose two nothing instead of five. But it is, you know, it's a matchup that they exploited tonight. And maybe if you have Sean Couturier, one of the better shutdown players in the league, that part is different. The thing that doesn't seem like it's fixable right now, mm -hmm. the power play. 0 for 4, and... It was abysmal. Like, when the Flyers go on a power play, it's a great time to go get yourself a beer or take a piss. <laughs> like, they are doing nothing. It's not as if, oh, they're this close, you know, they're just... Goalies yeah. are making saves, or they're just missing one-time opportunities. The power play is straight-up boring. I don't, I don't know how they fix this. Uh, I did see at one point tonight... Like they have, they've had Bobby Brink on the right side, kind of doing right. uh, just in a distributor role. They moved him over to the left just so maybe as a righty he has a one time opportunity. But there's just nothing dangerous about this power play. And when I've talked to Charlie about this, it's like, yeah, stars run your power play. And that's the thing the Flyers are missing is star players. They're not here yet. But at the end of the day, the other team has less guys on the ice and you can't generate scoring chances. Like it's five on four, yeah. man. Get a couple to the net and see what happens. Outnumber them in front and see if you can poke one in. Like they just can't do it. So boring to watch. And we talked about it too. Like what is exactly the issue? Like even like a guy like Bobby Brink and like you mentioned like a really good point. Like the fact that we're overloaded with got with forwards who are right-handed. Yes. Like, it's been an issue as well for, for the seam, especially on that power play, but they don't have anyone who can play pitch and catch across the ice. No. Like when the power play in Jeru's prime was humming, <laughs> it was, you know, lefty on the right side. Jake Voracek yeah, and then righty man. on the left side called Drew and they could go cross ice to each other at the like that was they always had a one-time opportunity if they could get a cross ice pass and you don't have that if yeah. you have two righties on those two sides you can only go the one way and I think Bush pointed it out on the uh on the broadcast he's like when the puck is over on the right, they are so predictable because they yeah. can't generate a shot from there. They have to try to move to end. That's what you saw tonight. They just, it's too predictable. And it's, it's to me a little bit as well as a mental psyche. Like I don't see confidence when I see them on that power play. And I think that's part of the problem too with, with this team, especially with the woes that they had here tonight, you know, too, too much passing Not you gotta be, you have to have a little bit of that killer instinct when you're playing on that power play. And we talked before about the entry it looked solid here today, but when they were in the zone, uh, <laughs> that entries well. have been a problem for this team for a long time. But it's like, even if they win that face off and yeah. have the puck, I'm not like, I'm not like, oh, okay, we're set up here. Let's see if they get something going. It's everyone just kind of like, 
hoping rather than having exactly having something in mind and maybe they need to move the puck a little faster they seem a little too deliberate but i think that gets to your that gets to your point about their confidence they don't think they can do it on the power play right now that's what they had a couple of games last week where they started to get a little something going but listen like no one goes over you know they're gonna (laughs) score some power play goals and since then it has gone right back to they're not generating anything and game like tonight where there were just very few scoring chances either way you need to take advantage of those power plays they got four tonight and looked horrible like what was the uh i just want to see if i can bring up what cam talbot did when they were shorthanded tonight uh only faced yeah like faced three shots on the power play and five shorthand like the flyers are generating as much offense shorthanded as they are when they're on the power play that's wild the the, the numbers were basically even with the shots he faced tonight they only got 16 on him at even strength which shows you just just nothing happened in this game this was a game the Kings scored five goals and it's like yeah whatever nothing happened yeah and I feel like the last time we were on that was the first Morgan Frost game and he looked solid coming in the entry and like I barely heard him here tonight as well that's I I thought he did a couple of things early on in this game but he kind of just faded in with everyone else and that's more he's being judged on a different scale right now and with Sean Couturier out they don't have yeah, they don't have an option to sit Morgan mm. Frost, really. So he's going to play. But he's he's been a guy now for this season that I've said, if he wants to stay in the lineup and play consistently, he doesn't just get to blend in. Like right. if three guys look like, ah, oh, yeah, they could have been better, he's going to be the one singled out. He needs to step up. But really tonight, it's I, I have trouble singling out Morgan Frost when it's they had 16 shots <laughs> at even strength. That's not enough. Like yeah. they just could not penetrate the high danger areas of for this uh, for that Kings defense. Even even Tyson Forster, I had three shots here tonight, and he just couldn't get that through as well. It's just one of those he, nights they were not going in. He man. had one really good chance in front right. where he drove the net. Uh, I think it was early in the second period, and like that's what I need to see out of him because he's been generating shots, he's been getting his opportunities, but the last few games. A lot of it's been coming from from the outside. He's been just kind of settling for, well, I have a nice shot. I can take it from the top of the circle. And yeah, those will go in sometimes. But there's a short list of dudes who can beat goalies from that distance. And he's not on it right now. Yeah. Maybe in two years, we look at Tyson Forster's like, oh, no, he's a sniper. He can score from there. My man has to drive the net and get to the dangerous areas, try to get one of those greasy goals. Almost had one tonight. Honestly, a really great work by Cam Talbot to keep it out of the net. But you're counting on him for offense. And it's all part of the process. They're rebuilding. But when I sit down and watch a game, it's hard for me to be like, okay, but in two years he'll be good. Like, nah, man, I need him to score right now. Like, uh, I'm dedicating time to this. I need you to score a goal, dude. Don't always trust the process. Of yeah, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes it is just like you have to score. You're being, yes. you're, you're playing in the top nine. You are a goal scorer. You're being counted on for this. But tonight, it's not as if anyone else stood out. Like, oh well, Tyson Forster didn't do it, yeah. but this guy did tonight. No one did. Yeah, got to go out and show it off, man. Um, what about how do you feel about Cal Peterson, man? Because I, I, I love the tweet uh, we put out through the PHLY Flyers uh, account. Not it didn't look so good in Lehigh Valley, and then tonight in the first period he did look solid. 
Uh, and then it just it just took one moment, and it kind of just all went downhill for him. And, it, and it's unfortunate. I look I, I, obviously like there's a couple shots here tonight. Carter Hart may have stopped, but it's just it was tough for Cal tonight. Overall. It was. Um, I kind of question the idea of it's Cal Peterson's old team, right, so he probably gets the start because of that, and it is a back to back, so it's like two reasons. But like I see last night, Sam Erson plays very well. He is part of the future. He only faced 22 shots last night. Like it wasn't like he fa- he had a crazy workload. Played very well. You're trying to build his confidence. He played 10 back-to-backs in Lehigh Valley last season, so he's capable of doing it. I maybe wanted to see Sam Erson start, but that said, Cal Peterson when your backup is in no matter who it is and he's their number 4 goalie really on the depth <laughs> chart, when your backup is in, you have to play right in front of him. They did last night with Sam Erson. They kept him clean, very little in the middle of the ice. Tonight the Flyers did nothing to help Peterson. Like he's not very good. I'd rather see Erson start every single game while <laughs> Carter Hart is hurt, but He's not the reason they lost tonight. The complete lack of any offense is why they lost tonight. So he gets hung out to dry. They lose, they, you know, gives up five. It, the numbers are going to look terrible. And when you look at what he's done in the NHL the last couple of years, his numbers in Lehigh Valley this year, how he looked in training camp. It's like, yeah, Peterson stinks. Probably, but that's not what I saw tonight. I just saw a team that was outplayed. Yeah, it, it's like you can't put all the blame on him tonight. I think that it was just overall a game where the Flyers just maybe been a little bit outmatched. And that, that definitely happens from time to time. But, uh, you know, even like the Cali of goal, like that third goal, dude, like we were even like, where did that puck even go? <laughs> yeah, like it's you'd like to see him make the save there. Yeah, it's short side on his glove side. But also Kaliev's really good and he's alone in front Snipe, with man. a nice release, like sniped it and the goalie missed it, you know, and at the end of the day. All right, so four nothing instead of five. Yeah, like I want to see him make those saves, but they have to play so much better. You know what shouldn't happen? Him alone in front. <laughs> like that's how you stop that goal from happening. And they just, as good as they have looked for most of this season, they looked the opposite tonight. Literally, damn, Bill. I would love some of those snipers <laughs> on our team. <laughs> it, re- it would be really nice, and uh, you know, not to throw any shade at what the uh, Flyers have, but it's not quite what the Kings have. Tell you where you do need some shade, though. It's behind hey. your Shady Rays sunglasses. Gear up for the season ahead with quality shades built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades and quick swap snow goggles that won't break the bank. Shady Rays is an independent sunglass company that offers an unrivaled product. That that's just as good as any expensive pair we w- we've worn. Durable frames and world-class optics for all outdoor adventures. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear as well. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost or broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. If you don't love your Shady Rays, and you will, but just humor me. They asked me to say this, but you're going to like your Shady Rays. If you don't love them for some reason, though, exchange for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back with personal and fast support. 
And now exclusively for our listeners, this is the part you need to pay attention to. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out an amazing deal for the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHLY for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. And just... This uh, this two plus pairs deal legit fifty percent off for two plus. They have this outstanding innovation. I uh, first and foremost, I wear sunglasses basically every single day. I love aviators, but as a person with longer hair, <laughs> you put the aviators up on your forehead when you go into Wawa or something. They then get stuck in your hair. Now it's all tangled. They have tangle-free aviators. It doesn't have the little nose piece in the middle to get caught. I'm a big fan of that. So check out Shady Rays. It's the little things, Bill. Yeah, it's the little things. It's Listen, sunglasses have been around for like millions of years. No one's thought of this yet. And here they are, Shady Rays. Way to go. Uh, so <laughs> we're, they, in, uh, we're in 2023, guys. vastly outperformed the Flyers tonight Did to do Shady Rays sunglasses. <laughs> uh, you, during the game, you asked me, what have you seen out of Cam York tonight? And I do not believe he took a shift in the third period. Uh, I want to find out if maybe he was a little banged up or if he actually ended up getting benched. He did make a few mistakes. Uh, the rolling puck in front on, yeah, I believe weird, it was LA's dude. first goal. Yeah. He just kind of goes to play it, and Adrian Kempe reaches around him and pokes it, and it gets by, uh, it gets by the and goalie. that started the avalanche. And that just kind of started things. And he did. He's the one who got uh, the puck over the glass penalty. So some mistakes tonight. What did you see out of Cam York? Literally, I didn't see much from him. Yeah, but like he really has just not stood out at all this year. The concern is because he's a young player, and we do have high expectations for Cam York, and you're just hoping that mentally he's fine. But no, it's really been not much of anything. And you know, we talked about the fact that this is a guy who's playing top defensive line minutes, and he's having some struggles and. It, it, you, we talked about the injuries we've been going through at that position as well. Like, what do we do with Cam York? You can't really put him back down, but he's obviously going through a mental lapse, and that's going to be the challenge here for Tortorella. Like, what do we do with Cam York? It's there's this is another situation of until Ristolainen's back, there's really nothing I they know, can man. do because they only trust so many guys with the big minutes. Now, Sean Walker has had a nice start to the season. Right. It seems like he's a staple. I like some of the things Zamula did tonight. But right now, it's... Listen, Cam Yorkshire, number two defenseman. He's out there with Travis Sanheim. I don't know if there's much he can do, but uh, that's another thing we can get Charlie's opinion on because he's he's kind of been of the camp that... Right. York hasn't been outstanding, but he's been fine. I wonder if the benching tonight is a thought that Tortorella is expecting a little bit more than fine out of him. And now we're, it's not early. Like, yes, it's still just November, but as game 11, 12, like it's not the first week of the season anymore. Guys who are going to have big years, you would think might get it going a little bit by now. And just York has not to yeah. this point. Obviously that first goal, like that, that's that moment sucked for Cam, obviously. But like, I guess the better question is what were our expectations for Cam York going into this year? Cause I, I per se, like obviously defensively, he's having so many defensemen in Philly who lack playing defense. It's a crazy anomaly there, but so looking for obviously development there, but obviously being a presence from the blue line as well. Yeah, that's, it seems like they were really in it, like throughout training camp and everything like John Tortorella has been stressing to York like I want to see the guy I heard about. I want to see a guy who can generate offense from defense. I, I thought a lot of like early on when Emil Andre was up here, 
it wasn't even so much because he was playing so well. He was making plays, but he was also making a ton of mistakes. But he's not afraid to make them, and he's aggressive. He tries to generate offense, and I thought so much of him being up was like Tortorella going, this is what we want you to do, Cam. Like, <laughs> we want you to do... You're better than him. So, like, do the shit he does, and you'll be really good. And, like, just haven't seen that next level out of him yet. So that's definitely something I want to... Uh, I want to ask Charlie about, and there were reports coming out of the uh, arena, especially early tonight, that the crowd was really good. Curious and this about that. is a this is a long running joke we've had about the Flyers. Like every time, it's been like, oh yeah, tell your casual fan friends, like get back in, it's fun. They then come out, like everyone does it, and then they do this. Like today's a fun day. Sixers win early in the afternoon. Got the doubleheader at the Wells Fargo Center. I know. Flyers, nice win last night coming back home. They've been playing well. Yeah, they lose 5 nothing. <laughs> like, it's just the most Flyers shit imaginable. <laughs> like, yeah, Especially this, lately, is, uh, this is what you get. And they do it at home, which I have one guy who's constantly tweeting me like, oh, they lost at home again, bunch of bums. <laughs> I'm like, and if they were winning, you'd be complaining that they're winning too much and you want a top 10 pick. But some people are never satisfied. That said, Saturday night, everyone's kind of got, okay, raise the expectations a little. They let those people down tonight. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, you know, the the attendance at the Wells Fargo Center has been something we've been documenting as of late. Obviously, last year, I the, the highlight was the brown paper bags on the, Tremendous. on the fans, for sure. But, no, like, we all heard about the atmosphere there. And I'm asking Bill, like, what's the capacity? Like, what are we actually looking at here? And it looks solid, and it's unfortunate because with the vibes of Philly here today, everyone was excited. You mentioned what was going on in Philly today. And... Everyone shows up happy, and then two goals in the first, two goals in the second, and by not even halfway through the third, everyone's like, all right, well, what bar are we going to now? Yeah, it's <laughs> really like, man, let's, we should just go to Xfinity now. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Uh, I just, this great comment, uh, it's going to hurt when the, Flyers ha when the Flyers lose to the Sharks. I am actually Ooh. very interested in uh, the Sharks-Penguins game tonight. Talk about bad attendance. That's, oh, man. I, I mean, the Sharks lost 10-1, and it wasn't that close the other night. Uh, it was. It could have been twenty to zero, basically. Uh, like Vancouver stopped playing in the third, and they won ten one. Uh, so I'm very interested to see if they can get their first win against the Penguins tonight, because I have now basically come to grips with the Penguins winning the draft lottery. Like that is their last place in the Eastern Conference. It's going to happen. Everyone out there, well, the NHL do yourselves. it again. Yeah, the NHL will once again rig it for the Pittsburgh Penguins because they did the last time. Don't kid yourselves. Why Pittsburgh? They though? probably did for Mario too. This has probably been going on for thirty years. I have no idea why. what's with this market. Like I, because when they have a generational Hall of Famer, they sell out every game, and when they don't, it's like. Yeah, we're probably going to move to Kansas City. You know where else they do that, though, Bill? <laughs> here in Philly. Yeah. <laughs> we do the same thing here in Philly if you so, put a good product out there. So we'll see. Uh, but this is it's just something I've convinced myself of. So when it happens, I'm, I've been prepared for it for seven months. Get yourself uh, ready, So Just ready like ready when mentally. the Penguins get Macklin Celebrini, uh, everyone prepare yourselves for that. I guess I, I should do my three stars of the game here because uh, it's going to be a real quick segment. Um <laughs> 
I got to go to uh, star number three. I honestly thought the most entertaining part of this game was right before the third period started when Bush and JJ kept saying shutout in an attempt to try to jinx Cam Talbot. Uh, that was, I thought, great. You know, it, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. It's a team effort. And if the broadcasters aren't trying to jinx the, uh, you know, the opponent, what are we doing here? So great work from Bush and JJ. Uh, number two, Cam Talbot. 13th career game against the Flyers. Fourth career shutout. He basically plays them once a year. He's been in the league for 11 years, and he shuts them out once. Like, this is, that's nuts. Like, he plays them once a year, and he's got four career shutouts. That's, it's like 14% of his career shutouts are against this team that, it's not like he's in their division. He doesn't play them all the time, but still, and he actually played for the team for a short period of time. But somehow, yeah, the, uh, the 1819 team that That's used right. eight goaltenders he was part of that uh <laughs> he was part of the eight goaltender mix that one year and number 1 the king silver helmets that was my <laughs> that was by far the best uh the star of this game i really liked the, uh, the you pointed it out the like 3d american yeah. express uh, advertisement on there they're going above and beyond with those helmets so next year guys uh <laughs> i heard the the breaking this is breaking news here on phl flyers we're gonna do highlighter orange helmets for the flyers how sick would that be <laughs> i'm obviously kidding guys but we're obviously throwing things around because yeah, listen someone's got to make that game yeah, more fun when you're losing like that it. we got to talk about <laughs> It wasn't watching the game I drew my entertainment out of. It really wasn't. And it's just tonight was a great reminder of where the Flyers are. Yes. Like, yes, when they bring their A game, when they seriously outwork their opponents, they will look good. They might win. They might lose. But they will at least look like a good team. Tonight, they looked a lot like last year. Just turnovers, generating very little, taking bad penalty. They just looked like a team that, I mean, they played last night, so mm-hmm. there is something to that. They did just play, and the uh, the Kings did not. So there is There's a fun. little bit of an advantage there, but the Kings are also coming cross-country, and it's not as if Buffalo is They're also that really far good away. on the road, too. Yeah, the, and the, King, the Kings are just a good team. Like yeah. They have been rebuilding. They actually seem to have pulled off what the Flyers attempted to do with Giroux and Voracek in the like semi-rebuild, they still have Anzi Kopitar and Drew Doughty, yep. but have somehow also rebuilt through the draft and have acquired some really, really good young talent, like Quentin Byfield, who had the three assists tonight. So I guess it can be done, uh, but it's... It's two teams on two totally different levels. I don't think the Kings are. I don't think the Kings can win the cup this year, but they probably think they can. They at right. least have a chance to compete to maybe get to a Western Conference final, and then anything can happen from there. And tonight was just a. Yeah, and the Flyers aren't close to that. As much as we have enjoyed the start to this season, and they are so much better than they were last season, it's just a. Not yet. <laughs> oh, you were enjoying this? Yeah, they're not. They're not there yet. Yeah, and but the hope is that like on a night to night basis, we don't have to deal with a, you know the Flyers going into it against a really good team and just looking like they don't belong. 
I want to see more of that effort. I want to, you know, on a night-to-night basis, like point out like a Cam York performance or a Noah Cates performance. And unfortunately, that's just not it tonight. But you're going to have to go through your bumps and bruises. You're going to have good nights like what we've talked about before. But unfortunately, you're going to have to go through nights like this. And like we talked about, the Kings are well well coached as well. Tom McClellan is, is a solid coach. He's done a really good job with this Kings team as well. They, they kept Talbot pr- pretty clean as well. But... It's unfortunate. It's funny because like the stats weren't that far off for most of the no, game. No, it was just the Flyers couldn't take advantage of any of their power the moments, plays. Man. 0 for 5. The Kings are 1 for 4. Uh, and that's or no, Flyers were 0 for 4. Kings were 1 for 5. And that's too many penalties. Like that's another like just didn't have it tonight. You take five penalties. LA was the fourth best power play in the league last year. They were a little over 25%. Well, you take five penalties, 25%, guess what's going to happen? They're going to score one. Like, that's, you just gave them too many of those opportunities. And it's not just that they're on the power play. Yes, the Flyers are pretty good on the penalty kill and have scored some shorthanded goals this year. But you're also taking opportunities, like five penalties, that's 10 minutes of a 60-minute game where you're probably not going to establish any offense. You're giving yourself even fewer chances to score on a team that keeps their goalie clean. They only give up about 27 shots a game. All right, now you've just taken 10 minutes out of this game that, yeah, I mean, you can get a breakaway, you can block a shot, get a shorthanded goal, but probably not. Like That's not yeah. something you can count on to generate offense, and yeah. you see it tonight. Like, just too much, too much of the... Uh, just the little things, the attention to detail, and that's missing the net. That's I had the event report up yeah, in front of me. Yeah, she's bringing it up here, dude. Yeah, we saw way too many of that. So many, uh, so many opportunities when they actually did get pucks into the slot. All of a sudden, they're ripping it wide. The Flyers ended up with uh, sixteen of their shot attempts were blocked, and fifteen just flat out missed the net. So they get twenty-four on net. And another 31 shot attempts that don't get there. That's you're not going to get that many opportunities when you get them. You can't just miss. Yeah. And that we saw that way too much tonight. And I think that was Tyson Forster, who was minus two on the night. He himself, uh, yeah, two missed. Mm-hmm. You know, hit the net three, three, five shot attempts, just straight up missed twice. Yeah. I don't want them like, okay, we just got to get it on net. Like, I don't want you just pulling up, taking a wrister and hitting the goalie in the logo. Like that doesn't do anyone any good either, but you got to do better than 31 attempts that didn't, didn't have a chance. And now uh, I believe we are joined by the number one beat reporter in all of Philadelphia, especially as it pertains to hockey, the one and only Charlie O'Connor, Charlie a little bit of a disappointing one out there tonight. Uh, there we go. Now we can see him. I uh, just want to lead off with um, just impressions of a team that just didn't look like they had their A game tonight. Yeah, you know, this is either this or the Ottawa game was the worst game they played all year. Um, I, even though they, they lost by a lot to Anaheim a few weeks ago, I thought they mostly played well in that game. That was more of a goalie problem than the team not 
just having it. Today, they just didn't have it. And I think it's worth remembering, too, that L.A. is a good team. Like, L.A., actually, we've talked about how the Flyers are, are driving play this year or doing well at 5-on-5. Five five. L.A. entered this game as the best expected goals team at 5-on-5 five five in the NHL. Like, this is a team that seems like they're taking the jump into being a potential real contender in the West. So I was intrigued to see how the Flyers are going to match up against them, and turned out that they didn't match up well at all. But I do think that... Number one, you, you have to cut them a little bit of slack given they have played pretty darn well. I know they've been losing more, but a lot of these losses, they played well in the losses, so I'm not going to give them too much crap for that. Also, honestly, I think the schedule probably caught up to them a little bit here. You know, there was a, it was a third game in four nights. You were, you were in Buffalo last night, so you had travel. They just looked like a team that I don't even know if I would say that they, they looked physically tired, but they definitely looked a bit mentally tired. They just they weren't sharp. They weren't sharp with their plays. They were they were flubbing some some defensive coverages. There were a lot of plays by guys that just just didn't seem like they were they were hard hockey plays. You know, they, they you talk about like being hard on pucks, things like that. They just weren't. They just weren't hard on pucks. No, that's what I saw was a team that yeah, like just did not look sharp, took too many penalties. Like they've done such a good job of keeping the high danger areas clean for their goalies a lot. And tonight that was, there's just a lot of flubs there. Turned the puck over in front of the net a few times, missed the net a million times. I just, I saw a team that, yeah, just didn't, didn't have that A game. And it's a reminder of when they don't work their asses off and don't have their best game against a really good team. Like you talk about the schedule catching up to them. They haven't been playing the little sisters of the poor for the most part. Like it's some really, really talented teams that they've been playing and looking good against. And tonight in a back-to-back when they just didn't have it, they did not have it at all. I do think there were like two key problems with this one. And like I said to JP earlier, one is solvable. Uh, I I see... I see Cates minus three. I see Tippett minus three. Sanheim and York, I think, minus four, minus three. This was a matchup issue. When I see Quentin Byfield with three assists, I go, okay, with Sean Couturier, maybe a little bit of a different story. Yeah, you're missing your best shutdown center, back-to-backs. All right, that's a fixable issue. You're going to get Couturier back, presumably, at some point. Uh, the power play, though, this thing is out-of-hand ugly. It just... They do nothing. Like, when they got a power play tonight, I immediately was like, I'm going to go grab a water and t- uh, hit a bathroom break. Like, this is basically this is basically intermission. They're generating nothing on the power play. It's pretty rough. And the funny thing is, is I actually think they have made strides in terms of their entries. I think they're getting into the zone better. I think they're getting set up better. The problem is, is that once they get into the zone and once they get set up, they have no idea what they're doing with the puck. Everybody, they're either they're either passing it around like it's hot potato and no one wants to shoot, or they're just shooting wildly from the worst angles possible and hoping like hell that that a rebound just pops up and shows up on somebody's stick. Like this is it's a power play right now. To be short, it just doesn't seem like they have a plan. It does not seem like they have any one guy that they look to to drive things. It doesn't seem like they have any idea where the players should be. And by they, I'm more talking about the coaching staff. Like, look, we've we discussed Morgan Frost ad nauseum about his fit, about his strengths, about his weaknesses. But there's one thing I am 100% confident that he is never going to be able to be, be good at, and that is playing net front on a power play. Like, what are we doing? Like, look, like I'm not saying this power play is ever going to be good, but like that that's an unforced error. Like, he's never going to be a net front guy. 
Yeah, I thought maybe they were like, all right, but we want him to distribute from behind the net, so it's a pop in front, pop back. But you, if he's the net front, you have to figure something else out. Like, you have yeah. to figure out another way. If you want him running things from behind the net, you have to have another guy on the other side who's actually going to pop in front. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. I did think they, I did think they made an adjustment tonight because on the broadcast they pointed out, like, when the puck is on the right side, it's way too predictable because they can't generate any shots from there. And as we pointed out, there's a team of right wingers. They have no lefties and that's a problem. And I did see them move Bobby Brink at one point over to the left side, but still the guy opposite him is not a one-time threat at all. Like, do they, I know we don't have, they don't have the high level players, but is this one of the issues of maybe they just don't have the personnel in terms of handedness, I know I'm the one who's always like, they make too much a lefty-righty, but in these specialized situations, they have no lefties. No, I, I think handedness matters actually quite a lot on the power play. And yeah, there, there are some weaknesses there, but they have enough left-handed shooting players that they should be able to put together something. Like Joel Farabee shoots left. Noah Cates shoots left. Sean Gattieri, when he's healthy, shoots left. Like, they have forwards who should be on a power play or could be on a power play. Morgan Frost shoots left. Like, they have lefty shots. So there could be a way to make this work, even with the preponderance of righties that they do have in this lineup. Like, there's a way, and, and I keep going back to this, but it's like, it's not that I think this power play has the ceiling of being really good, but it shouldn't be this bad. Like, they should be scoring more, and they shouldn't be looking this dismal when they're not scoring. And, you know, look, in no way, shape, or form am I saying, like, yeah, fire Rocky Thompson tomorrow. But, like, he's not doing a good job managing this power play. He's just not. And and he deserves to be criticized for it. Real, real quick, Charlie. I don't know if Torts has mentioned anything about the power play, but, like, for you personally, what's one thing you want to see more going forward from the power play unit or units? You know, the thing that I want, and this isn't necessarily something that, you know, you're going to see right away, but the thing that I want is I want there to be one guy, at least on the top unit, even though, like, what is the top unit at this point? They both stink. But I want to see one guy stand up and say, I'm taking charge. Like, I want the power play to run through me, whether that's Travis Konechny, whether that's Joel Farabee, whether that's Sean Gaturier. Like, I don't care. I just want someone because, like, this is this is a power play right now that like it revolves around no one. And I'm not saying that they have a Claude Giroux on this team because they don't. But like when Giroux ran the power play, everyone knew it was Giroux's power play. It ran through Claude Giroux. This power play doesn't run through anybody. It's just they're just passing the puck around. There's no central cog. And I want someone. It does. It doesn't have to be one particular guy. Like I'm not saying like Travis Connector. You have to do it. Hell, if it's Morgan Frost, that's great. I want. I want to see someone basically stand up and say, "I'm taking charge of this power play, and I'm going to make it work." And right now, no one's willing to do it. That's what I want to see. I uh, I want to know what you thought about Cam York tonight. Well, first is was Cam York benched or hurt in the third period? Do we have any oh, clarification no. on that? No, he was definitely benched, um, unfortunately. So I did ask uh, John Tortorella because we got John Tortorella actually before the players this time. I think he was uh, going to, to greet some of the, the service members that were in the building for uh, for military uh. appreciation night. So I think that's why he wanted to go early. But um, 
Torts didn't really give much. We asked for Cam York. I believe that the people, um, the reporters are down there getting him right now, but I couldn't wait any longer because I had to come up and do this. Um, so Cam will speak. I would assume he might be speaking literally at this moment and we'll hear his side of it. But no, he was definitely benched and, and Torts essentially said, look, like I have my ideas as to why he played so poorly, but you're going to have to ask him. He wasn't real willing to give a lot. Yeah, York had a real bad game. And I've been defending Cam York a lot over these last few weeks, saying I don't think he's been as underwhelming as some people have, have argued. He certainly was that underwhelming tonight. He was he was real bad. On the um, – was it the first goal where Kempe reached around him on that bouncing puck? Like, yeah. do you have any thought of what should happen there? Like, to me, I'm thinking maybe – like maybe Peterson, maybe Peterson needs to say body, body, and then he plays the puck and York turns around and just doesn't let the man get in that position. Like, is there any idea of how that should be played or is it just a fluke? I like the puck over the glass. That's inexcusable. That's another attention to detail thing uh, that uh, just an example of what went wrong tonight. But on that first goal, is there any idea of like what should go on? He just needs to make a play. Well, I mean, the number one thing is he needs to bat that puck down because, uh, you know, that's that's what he's doing. He's waiting for the puck. If you're going to make that particular play, you got to actually deflect the puck and get it out of harm's way. That said, to me on that play, he just looked casual. He looked like he was he was too casual. And I don't know whether that means that he should have more actively tried to go get the puck rather than wait for it to come to him. Or if that means to back up a little bit and try to, you know, interfere, but not really interfere with the LA player behind him. I just want to see a little bit more engagement. It seemed like on that play, he was waiting for the play to happen to him rather than going out and trying to make a play. And that was my frustration point on that play. And I'm sure that was Torts' frustration point because that's something that like he hates when guys play a cat, they, they look casual out there. That's what was his big concern with Travis Sanheim last year. That was what frustrated him so much about him. And, you know, say what you will about Sanheim this year. I think he's been really good for the most part. But the big thing that he's changed this year is he's very much not playing casually. And Cam York tonight all too often looked like he was playing casually. Charlie, real quick, let's talk a little bit about Cal Peterson. Uh, a lot of eyes looking at his first start here for the Flyers. It, it was rough, but obviously didn't get a lot of help. What do you assess with his start here tonight? You know, he wasn't good, and he admitted that after the game. I thought that fourth goal, I know it deflected a little bit off of Travis Sanheim's shin, I think, but, like, it's a short side goal. You, you gotta, you, you can't be that far off your spot to allow for that to happen if you get a little bit of a weird bounce. Look, there's a reason why they kept Felix Sandstrom around and didn't put him through waivers. And it's pretty clear it's because they didn't have a lot of faith in Cal Peterson. Cal Peterson wasn't putting up good numbers in the AHL after they sent him down. He was getting essentially outplayed by an ECHL goalie in the AHL. Like, this is not a guy who is anywhere near what he used to be a few years ago. I don't know if he can fix that at this point or if this is just who he is and what he isn't is an NHL goalie right now. But this really shouldn't have come as a surprise. He had one good preseason game, otherwise didn't look good, hasn't looked good in the AHL, was terrible the past two seasons in the NHL. Yeah, like, if, if Peterson plays, they're probably going to lose unless he can find some miraculous way to turn it around. But, you know, 
especially now with Sandstrom, he has an upper body injury, I believe. Some either a lower body or upper body. I know, obviously, it's, it's either one. But he's out for a little bit. They they basically ended his conditioning stint. <laughs> Could be mid. That's true. Carter has the mid body injury, but they're kind of stuck with Peterson until Hart is healthy and he's day to day, but I think he's going to miss some time and they have another back to back next weekend with the, uh, the Anaheim LA back to back. So he's probably going to get in another start. Like this just might be what we have to expect when they play Cal Peterson, because the, the recent track record tells us he's just not that good. Now I, uh, before the game tonight, I checked out Sam Erson's game logs from the AHL last year. They played him 10 times back-to-back games. Uh, he only faced 22 shots last night. It's not like he had to stand on his head, 38 save performance. If this wasn't the Kings, Cal Peterson's old team, do you think maybe they'd consider going back-to-back with Erson? He's young, you know, like he's better. They like him. He's part of the future, presumably. Any? Do you think they have any interest in doing that? So what I would say is probably not just because Hart's already injured, Sandstrom's already injured, and you play a goalie on back-to-back nights, you are probably have a slightly higher injury risk. And I don't think they want they wanted to risk the possibility of having three goalies out, and then Cal Peterson does have to start every game. And if this is a harbinger of what's going to happen when Cal Peterson gets in even one game, if he has to start five, they're probably losing five. So I, I don't think that was ever really on the table because of the injury concern. I think they know that Arison can, in a pinch, he could go back-to-back if they really need him to, and maybe they will consider doing that next week. Maybe. We'll see. But I do think that there is an increased injury risk by playing back-to-back, and they already have two goalies injured, so to me, that's why you don't do that. Charlie, I uh, want to talk about the Kings kind of rebuild because we were talking about it a little bit here today. You know, what what can the Flyers take from the Kings rebuild that they can implement into their rebuild that they're doing right now? That's an interesting question. They obviously had a lot of high draft picks. They didn't hit on hit on all of them. I mean, Quinton Byfield was really good tonight, but he's he hasn't developed as quickly as I think they hoped. Alex Turcott, they took with a top five pick. He looks like a straight up bust. So it's not like they nailed all their picks. But what I'll say about LA is that they stuck to their plan. You know, they they stockpiled picks. They stockpiled assets. They drafted high in multiple years. And then what they've done over the last maybe year, year and a half is they they really made an effort to turn the corner when they felt like they were ready to. Uh, obviously, they they traded Gabe uh, Gabe Velarde in the uh, in the Pierre Luc Dubois deal. Like they went for it, and I think the Flyers probably can take some lessons from the Kings in that look. It's important to stockpile draft picks. It's important not to not to give up on the rebuild too soon. But when you think you're ready. Be aggressive. Be aggressive and try to make ads and, and try to try to get better. And I think they can take they can take that away from from the Kings because it looks like the Kings have now turned the corner and they are a legitimate threat in the West. Since uh, since the rebuild has been brought up, Charlie, I have to ask. Uh, we have the winless Sharks against the Penguins tonight. Penguins are last last place in the East. Are you mentally prepared? for Macklin Celebrini, comma, Pittsburgh Penguin. Is that something you're ready to deal with? Because I am preparing no, myself no, for not. it now. 
I am I am in no way, shape, or form ready to deal with that. I would be horrified if that was the case. Um, no, I, I look. I, I think Pittsburgh is going to get better. Like they're obviously off to a rough start, but their underlying numbers are pretty good. They still have Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Eric Carlson. Like they have guys that should be able to win them some games. Now, are are the playoffs looking likely? Uh, they're they're quickly sliding out of reach for them, and they were already a bubble team. But I, I'm not not super worried that they're going to finish in like the bottom five of the league. I don't think they're that bad. All right. All right. Uh, did we get any, uh, it's a game day. So I don't know if he talked about anyone who didn't play, but any updates on Couturier or Hart? Um, not really. We did ask Tortorella after the game, uh, if either of them or both of them or none of them are going to be going on the trip because they'll, they'll leave tomorrow. Torts was not willing to, to clarify as to whether, either of them or both of them will my guess is that couturier will because i don't think the Couturier i think the couturier injury is truly day-to-day the heart injury is a little bit more nebulous my guess and this is this is not something i've heard this is more just something i'm guessing my guess is that it's a groin injury because he's had issues with the groin before when you're talking about mid-body that's about as mid-body as it gets and those injuries are tricky so the day-to-day designation for Hart very well might just be like, hey, we don't know how he's going to respond to treatment. If he feels real good for three straight days, maybe he's fine. If he's still hampered by the end of next week, maybe it's a three- to four-week injury. They don't know. But my guess is Couturier definitely goes on the trip. Hart, I'm a little bit more 50-50 on. All right, and we want to talk real quick about the atmosphere. We, you know, we heard on social media, we saw it on TV, it looked pretty solid. Obviously, kind of stinks when they get blown out like that. But what did you make of the atmosphere tonight? I mean, the place wasn't full, but it was definitely more full than it has been for a lot of other games this year. It was honestly a really cool visual. I don't know if they show this on TV, but they had the, uh, the the rally towels. It was basically like a military thing. I think there was some sort of thing on there. But when everybody was swinging the rally towels, it looked pretty cool. It was it was a little Phillies ish. I know the Phillies now they have the red rally towels, but I remember back in you know the the two the two thousands when they had the white ones. So it was a nice little throwback there. It was a good atmosphere. Now by the end of the second period all those fans were booing the flyers going off the ice not that the flyers didn't deserve it they played quite poorly um but maybe you know it was a little bit of a blessing in disguise for the flyers to actually have a fair amount of fans out to this game in particular but no it was it was a good atmosphere i think that the the place was was loud especially in the beginning it was pretty full and it's a saturday night like these are these are fun games a saturday night game is going to be a little bit better attended you had the military element so i my guess is there were you know a fair amount of service members in the audience that that made a point to go to this game it wasn't bad and teams playing pretty well so i guess you know if more people are getting on the bandwagon i guess that's good certainly good for us well that's i said to jp it's been a long-running joke that Oh, yeah, every time it's, oh, yeah, Flyers are looking fun. Flyers a little better, man. Uh, check them out. And it's like Saturday night game. Sixers already won today. Nice, fun, uh, nice, fun experience. And they lose 5 nothing. Like, it's very much <laughs> yeah. the, uh, oh, yeah, they lost 7-1 to on, on Halloween to Pittsburgh. So everyone just go back to ignoring them. Like, that's, <laughs> I, I really felt, when everyone was like, the atmosphere is good tonight, it was like, oh, I know what's going to happen. And, of course, I've of course seen this did, story uh, before. Yep. Uh, they lose 5 nothing. I doubt John Tortorella was in a great mood. Uh, any good, any real good lines? Not really. He actually wasn't too angry, um, aside from the fact that he wasn't willing to give us essentially anything on his reasoning for benching Cam York in the third period. Um, he did give some interesting little tidbits just about like more or less saying what you said, where 
this is what happens. These are the kind of performances you're going to see if the Flyers don't work their asses off. Like, this is their floor. This is how bad it can be when they're not outworking the other team, which means it's really, really important for them to outwork the other team. And that's we've said all along, like, that's really tough to do 82 times. You know, especially, yeah. like, they, they've done it several times this season and still lost. So, like, when they don't, it's going to look like this. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, got anything else? That, that's all I got for you, Charlie. I think that'll wrap up your responsibilities here, Charlie. So go do whatever it is you do on a Saturday <laughs> after a Flyers game. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Take it Thanks, easy, Charlie. my friend. I'll see you next week. Uh, Charlie is going on part of the uh, the West Coast trip hey. next week. He's going to be in L.A. and Anaheim for the uh, the back-to-backs that they have there. I love when, oh, yeah, we're going to go out. They have a game, like, uh, I think Tuesday and then Friday, Saturday. Like, oh, yeah, let's give them a back-to-back on their West Coast trip. I love that scheduling. <laughs> but Charlie's going to go out. So you'll actually be in studio with us next Friday. We yeah. will have Kelly on Thursday. Hey. So it's going to be a, a fun group group of live shows next week gonna be a good time i really enjoyed charlie uh he got in harbinger and nebulous there he loves he loves to flaunt that ivy league education he loves to throw <laughs> it in all of our faces uh That's i gotta take charlie. i gotta take a quick minute and tell you because I, I, I've fallen way behind on the timing here. Uh, i got to tell you about our friends at Soul Savvy. You do not want to miss out on the biggest sneaker drops, and that's why you need to download the Soul Savvy Drops app. The Drops by Soul Savvy app makes it easy to keep up with all the latest news releases, raffles, and sales in the sneaker world. It's your one-stop shop for everything sneakers. They have drop alert, instant notifications. You'll never miss a release again. You'll get instantly notified whenever your size is available to buy they also have a free raffle management you can keep track of all the raffles that happen in sneakers with the raffle tracker and a release calendar an accurate release calendar will keep you updated on releases that are upcoming whether you're a casual buyer or an all-out sneakerhead soul savvy is something for you with three different levels the basic version which is free and they also have a mobile plus and premium so any uh, any level of sneaker buying you're into they have something for you you get drop alert uh for this saturday oh it's today uh november 4th the air jordan it's one saturday yeah <laughs> yes i actually i asked like what's today's day no it's it's now <laughs> the air jordan one uh reimagined royal drops uh the drops by soul savvy will notify you when and where it's dropping download the app and never miss a release sign up for soul savvy by clicking the links in the description below or by visiting links.soulsavvy.com slash phly or head over to the app store and and download the Drops by Soul Savvy app. All right. So I don't think we have a ton more to get to with this one, but it's really just like looking forward to what's upcoming. So much of this season has been about like, all right, and now what? Like <laughs> now it is about responding. Yeah. You, know, you had one of your top two defensemen benched. You got a little bit embarrassed at home. Go, maybe going on a road trip isn't the worst thing in the world now. It's always a good bonding experience, yeah. especially for a young team to head out on these road trips. Now it's about how they respond. They're not going to be playing. I mean, they get the Sharks on this trip. So, man, if you don't get two points playing the Sharks, I don't, I, yeah. <laughs> they don't have a win yet. You know, They're 0-9-1 so far this season. Uh, but I'm really looking forward 
to just seeing if they can, all right, yeah, brush this one off and be right back where they were, you know, just a couple of days ago. That's what I'm looking forward to on this trip. Yeah, no, you nailed it on the head. I really feel like this West Coast trip is going to tell us a lot about this team. You know, I really took away from speaking to Charlie today about Cam York. And I'm a little concerned as well. And obviously, we got the torts answer that we always give. You know, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. But what better way to go out in the West Coast? Cam York from the Anaheim area, the L.A. area. And, that's you right. know, that's that's probably the best spot for Cam York to kind of shake this little slide he's, been, slide he's been on. And I'm curious to see how that looks. You know, you're right, man. If we don't get some points against the Sharks, it's going to be bad. But <laughs> we'll see if these guys can get bond together. And, 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 and obviously, they, if they're going to win some games, they're going to have to work their butt off. And we'll see if that happens here on the West Coast. And it's, like you mentioned, it's fantastic scheduling that the NHL gave us here this next week. Uh, so we won't be doing post-game shows, but we will be doing five live shows at our normal you know, afternoon times next week. So we'll get to respond to those games. Uh, but then they will be coming home the following weekend. You can catch them at the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, Saturday especially looks like a good one. The uh, defending champion, Vegas Golden Knights, coming into town. And then Sunday, we will get to see Johnny Goudreau and the... Uh, Oh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets and if you want to attend one of those games I suggest you do so with game time buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have game time is the place for last minute ticket deals forget planning months in advance game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And after you get those tickets, you might be wondering... What should I wear to the game? I suggest you answer that question by going to FOCO. FOCO is the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. Whether you're looking for team apparel for the season ahead, they've got overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, anything you need for game day. And more. Maybe you're uh, looking for some accessories, toys, collectibles, or novelty items for your man cave, she shed, or podcast set. You've got to use FOCO for all your team gear needs. FOCO always has our back for Philly sports, and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show. For all non-presale items, use the promo code PHLY for 10% off. That's PHLY. Get your blanket hoodies. It doesn't have the same ring as get your overalls, <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll figure something out that's just as good as Spe the overalls. Speaking of apparel, I'm glad that we both telepathically coordinated with the beanies here today, the Flyers beanies. We yeah, it is. It's Listen, it's getting cold out there. Yeah. It's, it's it's time to start rocking the winter hats. I'm, so I I'm am, excited I for love it. the... When I see the old black jerseys, it makes me mad that they won't just give us the old black jerseys now. It's good look, man. Like, just do it. They're the coolest jerseys they've had. I love those. That was... No, I had an orange one. That was my second Flyers jersey. Uh, it was uh, I got a Chris Gratton when they signed him. That worked out real well. He was here a season and a half, changed his number after one season, and then they traded him. What a great purchase that was. And then real quick, Obi-Wan says, so uh, we were talking about Cam York going back to Anaheim. 
Lamo, watch him getting benched for that game. <laughs> Imagine he's benched for that one. Oh, man. That was, I mean, he did it to Sanheim last year in Calgary. Like, his whole family was there, and he didn't know until, cold, like, until, like, before the game. It was like, yeah, you're scratched. So uh, maybe this is a tool in Tortorella's. Now, I think Tortorella realized, like, that was as big of an asshole as he can be. That was a little much, dude. And he was like, "I think that was one of the things." Because listen, they tried to trade tr Sanheim in the off season, and then they couldn't. And now he's got a no trade clause, so he's basically stuck here unless he asks out. And it was like, "Okay, you've got to figure out how to make this work," yep. because he's your only top pair defenseman. And it seems like it has, but it, I think Tortorella like knows that was a little much. And I can't imagine he does that a second year in a row. That would be very surprising, especially with Rista Line and her. It's like they only have six. Yeah, you know? that's true. And we need Cam York to turn it around, man. And that's he, there's a vested interest in trying to make it work with Cam York as well. Uh, I'm interested to see, you know, the York comments. Charlie didn't get a chance to speak with him before he joined us. Mm -hmm. He'll get a chance either after or uh, at practice or on the trip this week. So we can find out exactly, hopefully what happened but do you have anything else jp no man you know obviously we're going on the west coast trip so it's going to be a long season obviously they're not all going to be perfect but you know we just want hard work we want development and that's really what we're here for in year one of this danny keith project here we're we're all excited for and and you know no matter what we're going to keep bringing the energy here on phly phly flyers you know if we're if i'm not here it doesn't matter who's going to be here we're going to bring the energy because i know it's going to be tough night and night out it might you might have some nights like tonight but you're going to have some good nights as well but we'll always bring that energy here i we will i will just do what i did on the broad street hockey post games and start drinking heavily <laughs> and everyone will be entertained like i don't know i might get fired but people will like it up until that point i do have to shout out my boy davey b dave benjamin he said six shirt he's the one who actually got me this shirt at repo records if they oh, still have them uh it's very cool the old phillies p with the misfits logo in there so thanks dave uh <laughs> i think that about wraps it up so thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out if you haven't already you gotta hit that subscribe button follow us on twitter follow the podcast wherever you get your podcast sub sub subscribe there we go to the youtube page uh, my name is bill Matz for jp Dallas sucks. Hey. <laughs> 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 <laughs>